Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader here at Niche. Today you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen on the go. You can find all the resources that are mentioned, as well as the original recording, on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz insights. Enjoy! My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader for Higher Ed here at Niche. Uh, when I planned the webinar, I didn't even think about being St. Patrick's Day, but thankfully we have all these green niche shirts, so I got away pretty lucky there. Well, as everyone's filing in, we're going to go through some of the insights today uh, from our website benchmarks. Uh, that's something we do every year. Uh, we have a few questions that came in during the registration process, but my goal is to leave plenty of time at the end uh, to help dive into some of those. I'll also put my contact info at the end if you want to follow up with any questions uh, or if you want to follow up, we'll send out an email tomorrow with the recording and other information. I uh, just want to make sure that feel free to respond to that and ask any questions, check in. Uh, I want to hear your, your feedback and thoughts as we go. Okay. So first up here, just get everyone thinking right off the bat. Uh, I'm going to do a quick poll. I want to know how are you feeling about the inside web, inbound website traffic uh, that you're getting right now and that you've had over the past year. So I'll launch that poll. Well, let's answer this. Uh, I'll be sharing the results of this and uh, the results tomorrow. We'll talk about them today here. But yeah, I'm just curious how, how you feel like everything's going. Okay, coming in, coming in. Good. We'll give it just a little bit more here. It's about where I would have predicted, I think. Okay, as people, there we've got a good number here. So, asking how you're feeling about your inside in, inbound website. I don't know why I keep mixing those two together. Inbound website traffic right now. Uh, you know, a few people are feeling really good about it. Uh, you know, we have more people saying quality is good, volume's not there, a few saying the opposite, uh, and a lot saying they don't know right now. Uh, so that's that's okay, too. Uh, need to check into your Google Analytics uh, and see see how that all is doing. Okay, well, hide that. We'll dive right in. Uh, a few housekeeping items that always come up. You know, we always get asked about a recording. Yep, we're recording this. Uh, we'll put a copy on the Enrollment Insights blog. You'll also get a copy of the recording along with the slides and additional resources uh, tomorrow. It's just a way of saying thanks for attending. You can view all the results from the benchmarks on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can get to using the shortened link niche.bz insights. Uh, there's also going to be an audio version. If you want to listen to this or if you know someone who'd rather uh, hear the results, uh, we have a version in the Enrollment Insights podcast feed of your favorite podcast app. As you have questions throughout the day here, feel free to drop that in your GoToWebinar console. Usually loads over there on the right-hand side. Uh, just I'll cover those at the end after we get to the questions that were submitted during registration. I'm assuming at this point that all of you here today have seen the benchmarks, and that's why you're here, right? I'm not going to be rehashing those results, but instead I want to dive deep into some of those results and provide a little bit more context and then some tactical responses to the changes we're seeing. Uh, just some background here. This is our third annual uh, report. Uh, so we've done this now three times. So we have some good data 
growing uh, to see the changes over time. Uh, all the traffic, we refer to it as the 2021, even though it is 2022 now, that's not a typo. This is 2021 results because we're, we're looking at the 2021 year. Um, so just want to make sure that we're we're good there. Um, the We also have, uh, just to give you an idea of the size, 442 colleges and universities represented. 87% um, of those are niche partners. Uh, part of the reason we don't look at uh, specific referral sources, just because we don't want to uh, come off as looking any bias, but just want to get that out there. Uh, it's then segmented by control of the institution and the enrollment size. So when we look at that, what do I mean? Uh, I look at the triad um, of, of enrollment by each segment. So for example, the number of students enrolled will vary if we're looking at privates versus publics, four years, um, you know, two-year for-profit versus four-year, because I wanted to get fairly even um, enrollment triads. So, okay, so today we're going to look at overall site traffic. We're going to look at the social media traffic back to the site. Uh, we're going to look at digital marketing insights then. So dive into what are we seeing with those Google ads that are connected uh, to, your, uh, to your Google Analytics. So we'll take a look at all these, dive in. If you have questions, remember to drop those. It uh, looks like we have one person who's having trouble hearing me. Uh, might want to try logging out and logging back in. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what would, what would be causing that there. Uh, but I guess if you can't hear me, you wouldn't hear me say that. Uh, okay, overall site traffic. Overall, we saw site traffic decrease in 2021. And by how much? Well, average site visit, the average higher ed website received 1.8 million sessions in 2021. And that's down from 1.9 million in 2020 and 2.6 million in 2019. So we're seeing this decline in traffic back to the site. I will dig a little deeper into the next slide as some of those reasons why. Uh, another concern that goes along with this, though, we're seeing bounce rates go up. And a bounce rate, of course, is people come to your site, they don't take action, they leave. So if you're bringing less traffic and more people leave without taking action, you know, that, that's a bit of a problem. You're having less engagement on your site, fewer people sticking around to learn more about you. So there needs to be something done there to help optimize your pages so people can engage um, and, and just get a better experience. A couple of bright points came out, though. There was more new traffic. So less traffic overall, but a higher share of that was new traffic to the site. Uh, and so that that was a, def, a definite positive. We're attracting new audiences. Um, the other thing is that page load times didn't increase. And why do I say that's a bright spot? You know, we're seeing all these new features added to sites that could absolutely be slowing it down, but we're not seeing the, the load times increase. So that's a, a positive. It needs to come down more. Uh, the expectation from users is to have a page load within three seconds. The average for 2021 was five seconds. So it's a little too slow still. Uh, there were several that averaged over 10 seconds per page, which is far too low, you know, far too slow. So that's something that needs to continually be worked on. Um, so that's something that as you look at your website, find your slow loading pages, work on little by little. Uh, you know, if there's, if there's something being loaded site-wide that can optimize for every page, awesome. Take care of that first. But Okay. Diving into why we're seeing this decrease. It's not a single medium that's down in terms of traffic. So over two years, there's been a 35% drop in search, 41% drop in social, and a 25% drop in direct and referral. 
So search, we can at least partially explain that uh, with Google's rise in zero-click searches. You know, they're continually changing the way that uh, the knowledge panels, the rich results are occurring in their SERPs, the search engine results pages. Those are things that, you know, prevent you from clicking through to the websites. Uh, I mean, think about how many times you've done a search, you see the results in a knowledge panel, you have your answer and you never click through to anything. Well, the same thing is happening to higher ed sites. Students are finding their answers, parents are finding their answers, and never clicking through to the website. Uh, so that that can explain part of the search. Uh, that's been an ongoing problem. I can speculate on the social. There's no way of knowing for certain. Uh, you'll have to look at your own accounts. Uh, but the decline in social may be due to an increase in the usage of networks that don't really lend themselves to outbound traffic. You know, think like TikTok, Snapchat. You know, how often are you clicking through to a website there? Uh, you know, it, it makes sense because these platforms want to keep traffic in their app, on their site, for that ad revenue, right? They don't want you clicking out to other websites. They want to keep you where you are. Uh, you know, we're seeing here, too, that paid traffic is replacing a small amount of this loss, but it's just not making up quickly enough. So that's part of why we're seeing this overall decline in traffic to websites. Uh, good news here on the international front, we're seeing signs that international interest is returning. You know, it's interesting as a share of total traffic to these websites by segment, small colleges have a larger share of traffic coming from international than larger. Uh, you know, that's something that there's a little bit more of an impact there uh, across the board. With the exception, we have one outlier here. We have this outlier in four-year publics where it's flipped, and the highest share is at, four, at uh, large public institutions. So it's great that we're starting to see this international interest return, traffic coming to the sites, viewing the academic pages, viewing your applications, your visit information, virtual tours. Um, so that's, that's a sign of things getting back to normal. So I did some audits. I wanted to answer the questions that you're most likely asking, right? What set apart the top performers? performers? So I looked at the sites that had the lowest bounce rates. You know, they kept people on the page. They had a larger share of people viewing more pages, so more page views per session. People are coming back more often, more sessions per user, low load times. And there were some trends of things that, that stood out there. Overall, we saw a simple, clean design. So it was easy to find what you're looking for. The pages weren't just packed with information. Um, you know, navigation was easy. We see a lot of above-the-fold content. So things are loading quickly before all the other assets down the page. Um, they were just very well optimized. Uh, they avoided the trendy video backgrounds. That was something when I looked at the top performers and bottom performers. None of the top performers had video backgrounds. Several of the bottom performers did. So that's something you can look at right away. Yeah, it's trendy. Everyone wants to throw it up there because it looks nice. But you're also slowing down your site. You know, you're making it less of a positive experience. So... Think about that when you're when you're wanting to do it. Um, they're also much more likely to use infinite scrolls. So as you're scrolling down the page, content is loading on demand. Rather than trying to load everything in as someone visits the site. Uh, and there was a focus on increasing the first contentful paint. And what that means is they were very well optimized so that content loaded on the screen. You could see the page, even if it wasn't interactive yet. The page loaded quickly. You could see that you were there within a couple seconds in a lot of cases. So that was very, very positive that you go to a site and immediately you see what you came for. You know, you don't have to wait and wait as it loads. 
Um, some of the common issues, I think this is more important. What are we seeing slowing down pages, contributing to high bounce rates? You know, large unused JavaScripts and CSS came up in every single audit. Uh, that's something that that you need to look at. This is likely, I know we have some people who are more on the technical side of the house with web. This is something you need to be looking at site-wide. Uh, large image files, in some case, uncompressed images on a website. Uh, that's something that should have been handled a decade ago. Uh, so go through and look for where your large image files and fix that right away. Uh, we saw a lot of cases with chat widgets, other elements that weren't lazy loading. So they were actually being loaded before other elements of the page and slowing things down. So you need to think about how things are being loaded uh, when people come to your site. Uh, while this affects SEO, doesn't really affect performance, but I saw a lot of header tags being up improperly used, uh, more for formatting than actual structure, so that'll hurt you with the SEO side of the house. Uh, images below the fold not being lazy load. We're waiting and waiting on a large number of images, so getting those all taken care of. Uh, and then I was surprised, actually. There were a number of sites where one of the key things, slowing it down by several seconds, were Facebook and Twitter feeds that were being loaded before other pieces of the page. They're actually blocking other pieces that people actually came there to see uh, from being loaded. So think about how those are being loaded and if they need to be on the page even. All right, let's dive into social. I know we had several questions on social. Uh, so I want to start off here with a question for you. What's your top priority for social media? How are you prioritizing your social channels? We'll give this a little bit here. How do you want social to be used? How do you want to uh, measure the, the success of social? I'll give people a little bit here. There's no right answer. Uh, and I would argue that this is a little bit of a trick question because there should be different priorities based on the channel even. But just a little bit here. If we can get to 75% of people. Okay. And again, if you uh, if you came in after our first poll, I'll be sharing all the results of these uh, in our follow-up email tomorrow, so you'll be able to see how you compare to others. Okay. So here is where everyone stands. For the most part, people are using it as a recruiting channel. Now, how are you measuring that? How are you making sure that it's actually performing? Because we're not seeing all that traffic coming back to the site. So are you able to measure the engagement and the impact it's having on enrolling students? So something to think about. Uh, diving in now. Unsurprisingly, when we looked at social traffic back to the site, the volume of social traffic came back increased as the enrollment increased. Makes sense, right? You know, the bigger you are, the bigger your audience should be. But what we saw was that it contributed less to total traffic. So larger institutions had a smaller share of their traffic coming from social as opposed to smaller institutions. So social media has a larger impact on the smaller institutions than it does on the larger, even though there's less overall traffic. Uh, you know, while we see that Facebook isn't a good channel for recruiting high school students, it's still attracting a large volume of traffic. Uh, and that's, remember, parents, alumni, community members, they're all still on Facebook. You know, not every channel has to be a head-on, heads-on recruiting channel. So think about that. We're looking at 
engagement of the users once they get back to your site, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, we're bringing, bringing back the most engaged users. And when we look at the least engaged, so most likely a balance, least likely to stick around, uh, TikTok and Facebook were the least engaged. So I want to talk about this, is something we get questions about. Uh, you know, it's the latest shiny object, TikTok. Uh, you know, we have a few, a few interesting trends here. It wasn't uniform across the board. It had the biggest impact, so the largest share of total traffic on two-year colleges, where it was second only behind Facebook. You know, when we look at four years, it was fourth behind Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. In both cases, though, it was poor at bringing back engaged audience. It brought people back, but they didn't engage with the site when they did. What was interesting here is it was the largest source of social traffic, higher than Facebook, higher than anything else, for for-profit colleges. So for them, that's where we're seeing the most impact. Um, so that was a, an interesting take there. Just looking at some of these, you know, we have, when I say that Facebook brings the most traffic back, it's by a wide margin. You know, Facebook is bringing the most because think about how often you see press releases there, athletics events, you know, there's a lot that's posted to Facebook that just points right back to your website. Um, it also had the highest bounce rate. So people were gained there and then leaving right away. Uh, it had second lowest page views per session. So they were not viewing as many pages once they got back there uh, and had the fewest sessions per user. And so while we're seeing some variation here, again, you have to remember what are your goals for these channels? If your goal is to just be engaging and have people engage within the platform, you don't have to worry about this. You have to worry about the analytics within that. If your goal though is to drive conversions, so visits, applications, inquiry forms, if that's your goal, you need to be looking at how are they engaging when they get back to your website. Now, I've, I've said this a number of times. I'm going to put it in writing here again. You do not have to be everywhere, but you do have to be good where you are. So you don't need to have an account on every single platform. If you have the capacity to run one account really well, do that. If you have the capacity to be everywhere, okay. But be sure that you're being engage, engaging and playing to that platform. A few considerations here. When you're thinking about each platform, you need to think about what your goal is. They don't all have to be the same. You know, Are you tracking contributions uh, of each social channel to your institutional goals to figure out, do we need to change how we're using this? You know, Are we getting the best bang for our buck here in terms of the time to manage it? Even if you're not putting any money into it, you are in the sense of it takes someone time to manage that. Um, the, the biggest pet peeve for me here, and if I can pull out my soapbox, I will. When uh, so, so often on social, you're pointing back to press releases and to news articles, right? Don't make those dead ends. So often, these press releases, these news articles don't have a next step. There's no, what do we do now? We read this and then we leave. You know, or it's a news article and there's lots of busyness around. It's not playing to the content of that article. So making your news, making your uh, making your your PR pages, whatever you're referring to them, making them engaging to the content that's in there. If you have an article about a new science center, include some videos, include some stories, include include ways to click out and engage and learn more. Whether that's from a donor's perspective, prospective student, current student, a parent, how are we engaging audiences based on the content of that story? Okay, digital marketing. This is a, the, the third pillar that I wanted to touch on today. And it's our third poll. Uh, I want to see how have you changed digital marketing budgets or have they changed? 
you know, I want to know what's going on with, with budgets. Are we seeing, you know, increases, decreases? Are they staying the same but being used differently? Or, of course, after another what budget? You know, uh, I think everyone's kind of figuring out what do we do over the past couple of years. Uh, you know, students, parents, they're not going out as much. You know, they're not coming for visits as often. So how do we get in front and stay in front of students and parents and donors and everyone that an institution has to engage? All right, we'll get to 75% here, almost there. Okay. Well, here we go. You can see I am glad that we didn't see a lot that said decreased. Uh, that's something that we saw some of. We did a PK through 12 marketing uh, survey, and a lot of those institutions decreased budget. Uh, that was a little surprising, but we're, we're right there. Um, glad to see most people have a budget as well. Okay. So when we're looking at digital marketing. Um, you know, Google is a dominant ad platform for search and social. Um, you can also connect it to your Google Analytics. If you haven't, I really recommend that you do. Uh, and 2021, we saw higher ed increase their spending by an average of 240,000 to 613,000 on Google ads. They're connected to the Google Analytics. There's big variations there, though, by institution. We'll take a look at that. And, and when I say that, uh, we had five institutions uh, who had over $10 million spent just in Google Ads. Uh, so there's there's some variation there. Uh, when we look at by institution type, I'm looking at median and average, so you can get an idea of sort of how high were the highs here. Two-year public, very, very similar. You know, they were, they were all spending about the same amount. Uh, Two-year for-profits, bumped it up quite a bit. Our four-year publics were spending less. So overall, publics are spending less than privates or for-profits on digital marketing. Um, for your for-profits, though, by far spending the most. So how do we decrease this cost and increase the ROI? That's the one that, you know, even if you did increase your budget, I'll bet that you really want to get more for that budget, right? So making sure that you have better targeting. You know, if you're trying to serve an application campaign uh, to a parent who already has a master's degree, that's the wrong one. Now, if you want to serve them a campaign about helping their student apply, that's a separate campaign. That targeting needs to be different. Um, think about having better landing pages. Are they engaging? Are, do they give options for people? Yes, we can fill out an inquiry form, but you know, I just want to kind of search and learn more on my own as well. Is it a dead end or does it open doors and make it easy for them to inquire? You know, we need to make sure that we have strong ad copy, strong ad visuals. If you're using uh, display ads, video ads, you know, are we getting to something that really draws people in, catches their attention, and keeps them? Because if I'm scrolling through my feed somewhere, you know, you only have a split second to catch their attention. So you need to make sure that if the copy is right, if the visuals are right, you're going to make them stop. Uh, adjust your time and location spins. So if you're talking about a drive-in event, you know, that's coming up in a week, you probably don't want to serve it to someone who's 3,000 miles away. So think about how you're targeting by location. And then you can look at time as well. And maybe you see overnight, we're just not getting a high conversion rate, but we're doing great, you know, right after school, that three to five window, you know, put your budget there where you're seeing the most conversions, drop it from where you're not, 
the big one that I'm going to keep saying, do not buy your own name. You know, exclude that from your keywords. There is no reason. There have been a number of studies on this. All you're doing is cannibalizing organic traffic, but paying for it. It's like standing inside of a restaurant, handing out coupons to that restaurant. People are already there. They're already looking for you. It doesn't make sense to. Uh, you know, I've heard people who who really promote this. All it's doing is showing that, oh, look, we have a higher click. Well, of course, because people are already coming to you. So do not buy your own name. And then use remarketing. Get in front of people who already know you. You know, if you have a, a remarketing campaign on your business program, keep showing them more information. Keep teaching them. Get them, uh, you know, get them engaged. Get them interested. Stay top of mind. You know, that's a great way to keep people coming back and then get people who already know you and you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, three keywords and, and things I want to touch on here. Uh, CPC, if you're looking at cost per click ads, use that when you want to bring people back to your landing page, to your website. You want to drive traffic back. You want that click action. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing ads that are just not optimized correctly. Optimize for CPM, that's cost per thousand impressions. So that's when you want to build awareness. That's, you just want to get your name out there, get your ads out in front of as many people as possible. So that's okay. You know, Understand this is awareness and brand building. This does not necessarily mean that's going to drive the most actions right now. Uh, CPA, cost per acquisition, we use that when the goal is to drive conversion actions. So inquiry forms, visit forms, applications. Set these up with conversion actions so you can actually see, okay, people came from this campaign using these keywords. They fill out an application. Okay. All right. I've talked enough at you. Let's submit those questions into your chat window. Uh, I'll hit some of the ones that came in first. Right off the bat, if this is your first time uh, on Niche Webinar, just want to touch on who Niche is. Uh, Niche is the largest platform uh, for supporting preschool through grad school search. Uh, we help, helped over 27 million families uh, actually look through colleges alone last year. Uh, we have over 2,400 partners that we help connect with students, nurture them through into visits, applications, and ultimately enrollments. Uh, in terms of how people are partnering with us, uh, we do a lot of digital marketing. Uh, again, like I said, with remarketing, helping people find, uh, stay top of mind uh, with, with the institution. Uh, we have prospect and inquiry solutions with 32 data points. What's different about Niche is that students opt in instead of being tricked in and then have to opt out. Uh, so they can either not hear from anybody, hear from only the colleges on their list, or hear, you know, if they're just kind of, I don't know who all's out there. They can say, I want to hear from colleges like the ones on my list, and they can change that at any time. Um, anyone can claim their college profile, make it more engaging uh, so that when students and families come there, they can learn more about you. Okay, so we had a few questions come in. I see we have several dropping in as well. All right, I just want to say thanks here to Stephanie and Sarah. Uh, they asked two very similar questions, so I grouped these together here. How would you rank the top social media platforms? Uh, for in terms of student interactions with higher ed institutions. And then what social media platform provides the greatest engagement or ROI for traditional first-year students? So we do a number of surveys of students uh, looking at our most recent, uh, the top five, you know, I, I, and there's two ways to look at this, you know, look at your own website and see which, tra which sources are driving the most applications, visits, inquiries, all that. In terms of this is, I think, asking on the platforms. You know, if we're looking at on the site, it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, right? But 
If we look at how students are using them for college search, the top five are Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. And this was from our 2022 fall survey. Uh, so this past fall, when we talked to the senior class about their search, we asked, you know, where are you, are you viewing college profiles? And then are you engaging with them? So if you can only be one place, be on Instagram, you know, far and away, the highest uh, number of students looking and uh, then ultimately engaging with. Um, now, here's a little teaser. Don't don't tell anybody yet. But real teaser, we have a class of 2023 spring survey. So looking at the junior class that we just wrapped up this week. Uh, I'm writing up the results for now. So look at that. Uh, you'll have to wait for the actual results. I wanted to kind of tease that out there. But in terms of the order, you know, we're seeing here that there were two changes. TikTok has surpassed YouTube in terms of views of college profiles. And then Twitter passed Facebook. Um, the results of this will come out in mid to late April. There's going to be a webinar to discuss it with Jeremy Tears and myself. So we'll go through all the results of that then. But it just it was too good to not kind of mix in here since the question came in. There's still a wide gap between Instagram and anything else, though. So if you can only be one place, focus in on Instagram for students. All right. Just want to say thanks to Brandon for this one. Um, you know, how do we know social media ads work? How do we compare the views, the clicks, the impressions uh, to an average when we share with departments? Uh, you know, your, your social ads should be reviewed just like all of your other marketing channels. And you ask one question, did it achieve our goal? So, for example, here, if your goal is brand awareness, did you get a lift in awareness and brand perception? Are you measuring that? You know, if you're going to do brand campaigns and you want to know if they worked, you have to measure a before and an after. Uh, if your goal is more followers, did you achieve that? And then if you achieve that, what dollar value do you place on your followers? That's the only way to know that you got a return on investment there. Uh, if your goal is more follow is uh, more traffic to your to your news articles, news releases for that case, did you receive more views attributed to this campaign? So you'll need to have a dollar value assigned to that traffic to know did you see an ROI there? If your goal is conversions, you need to be able to track that with UTM and with conversion goals. Set up attribution there on your inquiry form, your visits, your applications. And then you need to know what that dollar value is. Uh, and this is the easiest one. So just for example, if you know the enrolled student is worth, let's say, 20000 and you know that 10% of applicants enroll, then you know that your application is worth $2,000. So for example, here, if you did a $50,000 social campaign, you got 100 applications. You essentially spent 50000 to generate $200,000 worth. Uh, so this campaign was a success. We saw not only did it achieve its goal, got applications, but we saw a positive ROI as well. Okay, question here from David. Uh, what should the top priority be for improving website performance? And I've got two answers here. If you're asking about technical performance, focusing on load times, page design. Is it clean? Is it easy to, to navigate? Is it easy to find what you want? So do some secret shopping there. Uh, if you have the ability, I always recommend doing some heat mapping, uh, doing some user recordings and see where are people getting stuck or are they getting confused. If you're talking about in terms of content, provide relevance. So make sure that every page has relevant information for the audiences. And so with example, again, here, I'll throw out a, a College of Business page. You know, if you go onto that page, is there information for me as a current student? Is there information for a prospective student, for a parent, for an alum? How are we 
providing relevant information within this one page to all these groups. And that takes a lot of planning, but you're going to have people who will come back more often. They can find what they want. They'll stick around. They know where to get their answers. Okay. So again, if you want, if you have questions here, drop those into the chat. Uh, if you want to go directly to the benchmarks and then more information, a shortened link there is niche.bz slash benchmarks. Uh, you can get in touch with me or if more generally with niche if you have questions there. Uh, my email is will.patch at niche.com or Twitter at will underscore patch. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. You can find niche on LinkedIn. You can keep up with all of our surveys, our research, other articles and, and processes coming up uh, or the Enrollment Insights Twitter as well. Okay. First question here, how are we tracking Google ad spend? So Amy asked this, uh, we are tracking Google ad spend uh, based on connected. So when you connect your account to a Google analytics, uh, it'll pull in a dashboard of all the Google ads results. And so we're able to see all that. So that's how we're pulling that in. Uh, Callie asked, what do we mean by digital marketing? Digital marketing is all marketing done online essentially. So that includes social ads, search ads, display ads, um, video ads, audio ads. With video, you also have streaming. Uh, so you can have like within YouTube or streaming on Netflix or Hulu, anything like that. That's all kind of encompassed in what is digital marketing. Uh, let's see, Anne asks, with privacy policies changing, should budget be spent on increasing SEO, organic traffic, versus paid ads? Um, it depends. Most of the time, what you're going to be using is first-party data. So if you're collecting it on your own, you're fine. There's not that much really changing then in terms of um, in terms of how the privacy policies are going to change. If you're using third-party data, that's where you have some other issues. But like for example, niche, we only use first-party data, so things aren't really changing much for us. Um, you should always be focused on SEO, though. How do you attract that audience back to your site? engage them how do you have part of seo is also is your website designed well you know are people able to navigate do pages load quickly is it structurally sound so all of that is part of seo uh, but then making sure that people can find you for the keywords they're actually looking for so i'll always use the example uh dorm versus residence halls you know your your student affairs staff will always say residence halls students and parents say dorm so if you don't use the word dorm on your site, you're not going to show up when they're looking for dorms. So you have to think about what do people actually say, and there's some great tools for that. Um, you know, just always focus on both, but SEO should be a definite cons uh, consideration there. Okay, uh, Lisa asking about benchmarks for CPC, CPM, CPA. Um, not really at this point because we're not. We this is not a all digital marketing benchmark. Um, you know, that's something we would have to get much deeper into the weeds of, okay, we need a broader base of people who can report from all different platforms. How do we verify the data? So uh, we don't at this time have that. Um, Blake asking, doesn't take into consideration subject, interest, or international students? I'm not sure what, Blake, if you want to message me again, I'm not sure what that's in reference to. Uh, we had the international student traffic earlier, uh, but the subject interest, I don't know. So if you're, I see you're still here, you can go ahead and just uh, add some there. Uh, yeah, so 
Janetta, I'll actually follow up with you. Uh, that's a little outside of this webinar, so I'll just follow up with you in, a, um, in an email there. Um, okay, yeah, so Blake's asking in reference to top social channels. So from a perspective of grad students uh, recruiting, you know, this is this was a survey of undergrad students. Uh, our grad survey is running right now. We'll have that coming out in May. Uh, so we'll have information there about how they're using different social channels in that. So uh, Blake, good question. Um, in May, we'll have an answer. We have last year's results. If you want to look at those, uh, niche.bz slash research or insights, either one will get you there and you can just look for the grad searcher survey. So, um, What's a good benchmark for social media ads? There is there is no single benchmark uh, for social ads because there's so many different platforms. There's so many different goals. Um, yeah, there's just no way of just benchmarking uh, social media ads as a as a whole area. Uh, Don asked, do we have a proportion of mobile versus desktop? We didn't this time, but that's absolutely something we can we can add into next year. Uh, yeah, I mean it is. Uh, yeah, I will make a note and we'll we'll follow up with that for next year. Any other questions? It's a lot of information being thrown at you all at once. I know you can always watch this again. We'll send out the recording tomorrow. We'll send out the slides. Uh, you'll have the resources from the polls as well. If you want to kind of see how you compare um, some additional resources there as well. But yeah, it looks like that was the end of our questions. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for joining. Uh, thanks for coming in and, and learning more about this survey.